You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. I've titled my message Transformers because it's been 10 years since the movie's been released, and I thought, hey, you know. Uh, maybe you want to go back to a classic. It has nothing to do with the movie. I'm not even going to mention it. Okay, but uh, yeah, titled the message today, Transformers. And I want to go to a passage that's a well-known passage. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I want to start with this text. And it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, uh, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, we can infer from this text, we can infer from this passage that change in life is not a possibility only. It's not a mere possibility, but change is a certainty. Change is going to happen. In fact, you have changed. In fact, you are changing right now, and you will change. You will continue to change. Because change is a byproduct of being a person. Change is a byproduct of being alive. If you're alive, you're changing, you're moving, you're evolving, you're becoming. It's a part of our ability to learn and to unlearn. So can you tap somebody next to you and say, you changed. You changed, man. You changed. Now, to some of you, to some of you, this is a sweet, sweet idea. You like that idea. You welcome that idea because you want change. You don't, want, you don't want your life to continue as is. You want to get healthier. You want to evolve. You want your relationships to get better. You want your finances to increase. Some of you, you want to meet that person, that one person to share your life with. You want change. If you own a company and your company has been in the red a little bit, you want change. You want your company to go to the black. You want change. For some of you, this is a great idea because you don't want your marriage to continue the way it is. You want it to get better. You want to, for relationships and with your family and your loved ones to get better. You want change. You welcome it. So for you, if that's you, that might be even the reason why you're here. Because you, you welcome change. You want to see God move in your life. You want to see things get better. You want to grow. You want to develop. You want to move on to the next level. You welcome change. Now for some people, change is a scary idea. For some people, change is not the best idea because, you know, they don't really want change. They don't want their life to change. Some people, their five-year plan involves avoiding and deflecting anything that might change their lives. In fact, in five years, they want to be exactly where they are. You know, have you ever met somebody like that? They don't want any change. When you, when you offer them or you, you tell them about something new, their first reaction is to reject it. Like, nah, I don't know about that. You know they're not paying their bills online. 
You know, they're writing the check, stamping the envelope. You know, they laugh at the paperless offers, right? You know, the only essential oils they need is butter. Uh-huh. That's enough, all right? You can shave with it. You can tan with it. Plus, it tastes pretty good on bread, too. You know, it's, it's some, for some people, it, it, they, they don't like change. But maybe you're not, you don't go to that extreme. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're a little bit like that. You don't really want change. You don't really want to see anything change. You like things the way it is. Perhaps because it took you a long time and a lot of work to get where you are. Perhaps because you are right now where you have always hoped to be. And you are living in the days that you worked hard for. You invested a lot to get where you are. So you don't want to... You don't want to shake things up. You want, you want to make sure that everything stays the way it is. Or maybe, you know, the reason why you, you fight against change, if you're honest, you know, is because you, you're a little bit stubborn. Maybe you're a little bit stubborn. And you say, no, no, J.D., J.D., I'm not stubborn. I am persistent. I am consistent. And at times, I am a little insistent but not stubborn. And maybe that's true. Maybe you are persistent, consistent, and sometimes insistent. But if the only reason why you reject a good, uh, new idea, if the only reason uh, when you hear of something new or a new idea, uh, the only reason you reject it is because you didn't originate it, if it's because it didn't come from you, it's because you didn't begin that change, then uh, you're a little stubborn. And uh, it takes one to know one, all right? I'm a stubborn uh, anonymous uh, in recovery. <laughs> now, I've been there, done that, all right? So, uh, you know, it's, if, if, if that's you, then you don't really like change a lot because you like to stay the course. You know, and for some of you, you don't like change because change is what ruined everything. For some of you, change is really where everything got off track, Maybe it was the day you lost your job. You can, you can remember the day. That was the day where everything began to unravel. Maybe it was the day you got that medical report that was not good. And that's when things began to disintegrate all around you. And things were good at some point. But change came. And it wasn't a good change. And, and now you, you're afraid of it. You reject it. You, you resist it. Maybe it was just one phone call, one piece of information, one text message you got that just, it rocked you, it shocked you, and it left you with, you know, just the, the pieces for you to pick up and, and change for you, really messed things up. So you, you fear it, you avoid it at all costs. Wherever you find yourself in this spectrum, whether you like change, you welcome change, you want change, or you're at a place right now where change is a bit, you, you, you don't really, you can't really embrace it. Here are the brutal facts of life. Change will come. Change will happen. That's one certain thing. But I got good news for you. Because you can choose how you change. You can choose how you move on. See, we, can all, we cannot always choose what happens to us. We cannot always choose or control what happens to our lives, what happens to us, but we can choose what happens in us. We can choose what happens on the inside of us. 
The proof that change will come is in the past. Ten years ago, you were not the same person you are. Ten years ago, you didn't think the same way. Ten years ago, you didn't look the same way. And for some of you, that's a good thing. For some of you, you're like, yeah, I look way better now. Right, babe? Huh? By faith. So you know that 10 years from now, you're not going to be the same. You're not going to think the same. You're not going to look the same. Right? Now, I want to give some context to this scripture because it is true that we can decide how we change. I want to give some context to the passage we read because Paul is writing to the Romans and he begins this letter. He begins this beautiful, wonderful letter addressing the Jews that are living in Rome. These are Jews that are now embracing Christianity. They are embracing the way. And Paul begins to explain the purpose of the law, the purpose of the law of Moses, because those people be, be between, among the Jews, there was a group of people that was very resistant to this new way. They embraced the law of Moses. They, that's their tradition. They didn't want to change. So Paul brings in context to the, the law, and he explains that the law fundamentally changed their worldview. It fundamentally changed the way they saw the world and how good the law was for them. And he explains, and, and if you want to read it, it's in the first chapters, two, three, four, right there. He begins to explain that and address the Jews. And then he switches on to the Gentiles, which is basically a word for non-Jew. You know, Gentiles is to Jews what barbarians is to Greeks. If you're a non-Greek, you're a barbarian. If you're a non-Jew, you're a Gentile. So Jews would call Greeks Gentiles. Greeks would call Jews barbarians. And we don't care because we call ourselves Americans. Right? Some of us. That's right. And so, you know, call yourself whatever you want. Um, but in this, in this right here, there, there was tension because you had people who did not know the tradition. You had people who were not accustomed to the tradition. And for those Jews, it was a bit of a, a testing thing to be among people who just were, they were so laissez-faire about the Jewish tradition. And so Paul is addressing this group of people that is comprised from people of all walks of life in Rome, the center of, of government in those days. And he's explaining to them how the law flows into the life of Christ and how Christ came really to fulfill the law. So he explains to the Gentiles, listen, you have been grafted into this life. You have been grafted into this family of God. You have been adopted into the family of God. And to the Jews, he says, listen, what you were trying to accomplish through the law, the change that God was trying to accomplish by law is now fulfilled by Jesus, by grace, in Jesus, through grace. And all the struggle that you're trying to, that you're going through to accomplish the law, to fulfill the law, in Jesus you will already accomplish. Because in Jesus, we fulfill the law. In Jesus, we can have greater understanding, better understanding. And so Paul arrives to this beautiful, beautiful passage that we read after giving them context and explaining why this change was necessary. He brings in this beautiful, beautiful advice. And he tells us, this is how you relate to God. This is how 
you grow in your relationship with God. This is how you grow as a person. You got to pay attention. And you, and he says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world. Now, this is a powerful, powerful principle because conforming is part of our condition. You and I are designed to conform. Our brains are wired to conform. We are constantly accepting, absorbing information, and we are constantly uh, uh, adjusting our life. We are constantly adjusting our lives to, to our environments, to what surrounds us. It happens when you rearrange the furniture in your house. After bumping your toes a couple times on that couch, you're going to conform. You're going to find a new way, a new path. It happens when you drive a new car, you know, you've, all of a sudden you realize, man, I'm not that good of a driver, can't really parallel park with this new car, but after a few tries, you conform. You conform to a new reality. We all conform. In fact, there has been uh, some amazing studies to this capacity that we have to conform. One particular study was published 10 years ago in the New England Journal of Medicine. So these guys followed over 12,000 people for 32 years, and they follow uh, these 12,000 plus people very closely, and clusters of friendships, it's a large social network, these clusters of friendships, and they concluded this after 32 years, that when a friend became obese, the, the friends around that person had a 57% chance of becoming obese, just by having a relationship with the person who gained weight. It happened the same way uh, losing weight. But since more people, most people gain weight as they age, that was the, the major trend. Now get this. If the relationship was mutual, if the relationship was, was close and mutual, those chances went up to 171%. There was 171% chance that the mutual close friendships would also uh, uh, be conformed to this new uh, uh, life or this new um, uh, uh, change in that person's life. Isn't that amazing? We are drawn uh, to conform. We, are, we have a tendency to conform. Now, we know that this is not only a physical thing. We know that this, is, this goes beyond the physical. It goes beyond uh, just appearances and trends and fashion. This has an emotional, an emotional weight to it. Because life, experiences, disappointments, things that we go through, they have, they have a way of conforming us, don't they? They have a way of, of changing us. You know, it may be you're here this morning. And you find yourself conformed. You find yourself conformed by maybe an experience that you've had in the past. Maybe you failed. And it was a big fail. And you can't see yourself trying again. You can't see yourself rising up again and trying. And so you find yourself conformed to this belief. Maybe you're here this morning and you have been told time and time again that you are not good. You have been told time and time again that you are not worthy, that you are not capable, that you are not able, that you cannot do the thing that you are hoping to do, that you don't have what it takes. Maybe you've been told again and again that you are not smart, that you are not competent. And those lies, those negative words have conformed 
you, have conformed your outlook, have conformed your realm of possibilities. Maybe you're here this morning, and a long time ago, someone walked out on you, and, and it, it, it broke you, and it really affected you. And, and since then, right now, you're still, you have so many questions, and, and the doubt, and the fear, and the, the pain conformed you, conformed you. We are conformed by what happens to us, aren't we? Another definition for conforming is to comply. Comply with the demands. To cave in to pressure. To mold oneself after such. That's when it's not really you, but you behave or become a certain way So, in order to conform. That's uh, when if you were to be genuine, you wouldn't act that way. You wouldn't really behave that way. You wouldn't dress that way. You wouldn't talk that way. But... Because of your surroundings, you feel pressure to conform. And that's what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying is that this world has a shape. It has its ways. It has its pressures. It has its principles. It has its methods. And it tries to beat you down. And it tries to pressure you and push you and shape you according to itself. And he is saying, do not conform. Do not conform to this World. Now, the word there for this world is aeon. And that word means era. It means age. It means the spirit of this age. But it also means uh, people who are controlled by the thoughts and pursuits of the present time. People who are controlled by the thoughts and the pursuits of the present time. People who are just influenced by their surroundings and go and follow the herd. With no real thought about why they're doing what they're doing. And what Paul is saying is, think about it. Don't just conform. Just don't take what the world throws at you. Just don't shape yourself to your surroundings. Think about it. Another definition for aeon is that which is perpetually repeated. It just comes at you again and again and again. And what he's saying is that the world will come at you again and again and again, and it will be loud, and it will try to drown out the voice of God in you, and it will try to make you forget who you really are. It'll come at you again and again and again to make you forget that you are a child of the Most High God, that you were made for more, that you were made for greater things. So do not conform. Do not allow those pressures to come and simply shape and mold your life. See, this world wants to keep you small. It wants to keep you undeveloped. The spirit in this world that wants to keep you where you are. And what we, we draw from this scripture is that we are not to be conformed. On the inside, something needs to rise. And what we learn is this. You will change. It is not a matter of if, it's a matter of how. How will you and I change? And what we learn from this passage, Romans 12, 2, is that you can be conformed or you can be transformed. You can live your life being conformed or you can live your life being transformed. Being conformed is what we've been talking about. Outside pressures, outside systems, outside thought pressure you and trying to mold you. But being transformed is not outside in. Being transformed, it's inside out. It's new knowledge, new revelation, new thinking, new ideas, a new spirit that rides, rises from within and drives you to a new pattern 
of thinking. See, God is not interested in you having a life that is conformed. He's not interested in your mind being conformed by the circumstances, being conformed by your past. He's not interested in your mind being conformed by things that are trying to keep you down, by disappointments. And uh, what I believe is that when we live conformed, our mind and our thoughts can get cemented in a negative pattern. They can get cemented in a negative pattern, in a, in a low pattern. And, and it's hard to break away from it. So we learn from the scripture. How do you break away from this cemented mindset? Oh, well, he gives the first key. This defeat mode can be broken when we are transformed by the renewal of our minds. Be transformed by the renewal of our minds. That word renewal right there means complete change for the better. Complete change for the better in our thinking. See, that's when you don't allow your mind, when you don't allow your mind to get stuck on a pattern, when you don't allow your mind to get pressured in and caved in on a thought pattern that will take you down. When, when a negative thought comes in, you rise and you say, nope, nope, I'm not going to dwell on that. When a thought of depression comes in, you say, nope, I'm not going to dwell on that. And you're constantly ahead of the game in your mind, allowing your mind to be renewed, renewed, renewed. Now, how do we do that? See, there's a couple passages because for some people, it's just a matter of rhetoric. You just got to say, 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 say. And there's some value to words. There's some value to what you say. But uh, there's a, a, deeper, a deeper level that we need to, we need to uh, place our, our lives and our hearts uh, under. And uh, there's a passage in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. It says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. For as, as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And another passage that Jesus uh, quotes Isaiah, actually. Jesus Christ quotes Isaiah when he's talking to the religious people. Matthew 15, 8, he says, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. Which tells me this. Someone can say the right things, but if not in their heart, if it doesn't reflect their heart, you know, there's no weight to their word. Someone can say the right things. They can say and speak the right things. But if you don't believe it in your heart, if it doesn't match up your heart, then your words have no weight. And what Jesus is telling us here is, it's, is that the change, the renewing of the mind is not simply a matter of rhetoric. You know, he's telling the Pharisees, you can say all you want, but if it's not in your heart, you know, it's not, it's not going to change your mind, the renewing of the mind is not simply a matter of rhetoric. So how do we continually change for the better? Because this is, this is what I want you to get out of this message this morning. How can you live your life knowing how not to conform to the things that are trying to keep you down? See, every season of life, there are opportunities for limitation. Every season of life that you go through, there are thresholds. And I believe that you and I are called to break through those thresholds, break, break through those ceilings, to go further, to believe that we can evolve and grow in God because of the things that he has placed in us, that we can grow beyond these limitations, these limitations and these thresholds. So Paul goes further. He gives us the final key that to be transformed, to continually change for the better, there is one thing that we need to do. We need to test. We do it by testing. 
Now, I love this. I love this because sometimes we can just read and glance through and read through this thing. And we don't realize how powerful this is. Because what he's saying is, don't take my word for it. Don't simply listen to me and try to, you know, go after my word. You, you see it for yourself. You go and test it. See, God is not afraid of the truth. He's not afraid of the truth. You can test this life. And this is our position here at Connect Community. We never impose or enforce a behavior or lifestyle on you. You can test it. You can come to God and you can test it. You can prove it. You can, in your life, test it and prove it and see for yourself that it is good. That the, that the renewal of your mind happens by testing. And why should we test? Because as you do that, as you continually prove, as you push back, as you think about it, as you present to God, as you wrestle with it, you will develop this ability of discernment. You will be able to discern, which means you'll be able to figure out what the will of God is. And some of us here, some of you here, you are looking for the will of God in your life. You're desiring the will of God in your life. And you're like, what is God's will for my life? This is how you find out. You test, you, you wrestle with it, you pursue it. And by testing, you will find the will of God in your life. And I love that Paul gives us three intrinsic characteristics to the will of God. It says, you know, you, 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 the will of God will come and it will have these three characteristics. He says that by testing, you may discern what the will of God, what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable and perfect. So we know this. We learn this, that the will of God is first good. That the will of God is acceptable. Now the word translation says pleasing. And the will of God is perfect. And this is what we want, isn't it? We want the will of God in our lives. And maybe you're here this morning and this is not the picture you had of the will of God. But this is what the will of God is. This is what we learn from Scripture. The will of God is pleasing, perfect, and acceptable. And I want to encourage you this morning to live a kind of life that breaks away from the norms and the conformities that are surrounding you. Maybe you're here this morning and, you know, you find yourself conformed. Maybe you're here this morning, you know, and, and you've been through things that have bitten you down into this belief. Maybe you've been through things that have shaped your worldview according to itself. And it's not really you. You know on the inside that that's not really you. But you find yourself, your thinking, your mindset shaped according to the circumstances of the past. Now, we are all going to be influenced by our history. That's just a part of life. But there's a newness on the inside. There's a new life on the inside, a knowledge that comes from a relationship with God. And that's what I am praying and desiring that you may tap into from this message. That you may live your life not conform, that you may wake up uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not conform to the current status quo. But that you may know that there is a will of God that is good. There is a will of God that is acceptable and it's perfect. And it's designed for you to break away from these conformities and be transformed from the inside out. So you may discover the life that God has for you. See, there is a promise of God on the inside. And maybe you know it. 
Maybe you know it. You know that you were made for more. You know that you were placed on this earth to live beyond where you are right now. But I want to ask you, what caused you to stop believing? What was the thing that caused you to stop believing? What made you quit? If you have settled, what made you settle? What is it that is resisting or causing you to resist? So I want to invite you to not live conformed, but to live transformed. You know, maybe you're here today and you're saying, J.D., I, I tried God. I tried God before, and I, I, I've been through this. I've, 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 I've heard messages, and I've, I've been to church, and I've, I've tried God before. I've tried Jesus before, and I want to ask you, could it be that you were conformed to your Christian behavior? That you were told how to act, how to do this, how to do that, and you, you know how to behave. You know how to do the thing from the outside in, but you really never experienced this life, this will of God for yourself. In other words, you know how to fake it, but you don't really know faith. You know, you can quote the scripture and you can say the words, but you don't really know the author. You really haven't had that close relationship with God where you can come as you are. Exactly as you are. Where you don't have to pretend and you can come as you are. See, maybe you can be personable about it. Maybe you can be personable about Christianity. You can get in a circle and you can talk about it as if you were in. But on the inside, you know that you really never had a personal relationship with God. So you may say, yeah, I tried it. Yeah, I tried the God thing, but it never got in you. It was just an outside in. Perhaps it was somebody in your family that beat you down. Perhaps you were in an environment that said, you got to behave this way. You got to do this thing. You got to act a certain way if you want to see it happen. And you did with a good heart. You did. But it wasn't a genuine pursuit. You were trying to discover. And, and it didn't actually get in you. And I want to encourage you today, if that's you, for the better, that you may have a new mindset and you may begin to be transformed from the inside out. Not because of any outside pressure, but because on the inside you really genuinely want to discover the will of God for your life. And you want to discover this good, genuine, acceptable, pleasing, powerful, beautiful, loving will of God. See, this is not an overnight transformation. This is a lifelong journey. Some of us have been at it for years. No, but it's, it's, it's a good journey. It's a journey where you will continue to break through the ceilings and discover that God is for you. So if you're here this morning and you have been lived conformed, if you're here this morning and you resist change, you resist God's call on you because change has not been good for you, if you're here this morning and you're living in a way that you know it's beneath your calling, you know it's beneath your purpose, but you, you, you don't know what to do about it, I want to invite you to open your heart to be transformed, to test this life, to test, meaning you pursue God, you present your heart before Him, and you begin to develop that relationship with Him. And if you do that, you will discover the will of God for your life. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. I want to invite you to stand.